0: Okay, so starting out talking about uh, Unity Days. UD3.
1: Unity Days. <laughs> UD3. Uh, which is, as as far as we know from what has been announced, the final Unity Days con, although we also thought that last year and Suchin got them to cave. So, like, who knows? Who
0: knows what yes. the will bring?
1: Sachin is wildly persuasive. She is. And also, <laughs> like, I mean,
0: the what was it the like more and more ud4 chant like yeah in such an once it has a slogan yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean like never say never but also uh probably never <laughs> <laughs>
1: like my like as as an event planner the fact that like they were like okay guys we're gonna only do two of these and then we're gonna be done and then everyone was like please do a third one and they were like okay but this one's like the last one for real and then everyone's like do a fourth one and part of me is just <laughs> like they're so tired <laughs> they just like they have another con like they're doing the Riverdale con in November so like I I mean like I can't imagine like like Maya and Leanna and their whole team they work so hard it's just like like having been to some other cons um, that are, like, bigger, multi-fandom, you know, like, like I've been to, like, San Diego Comic-Con or Rosita Comic-Con and other things like that, and, like, Unity Days is just special mm-hmm. and wonderful and beautiful in its own unique way that is because of, like, how much work they put into making sure that, like, they're curating this attendee experience, and it just is, like... It just seems like an insane amount of work, and I can't imagine that they, like, would ever sleep again if they were like, sure, we're going to do it in November and in January. So, like, yeah. if it happens again, I'm ready to, like, show back up and have a great time. But if it doesn't, like, I begrudge them nothing. They've given us three years of totally wonderful experiences, um, and they just put so much work yes. into making this all happen. But this one I I thought was, was the most fun. Oh, yeah. Like, I just... I had such a blast. It was it was funny like um one of the sort of side effects of I think both of how the the show is really clamped down like unusually hard on any, you know, leaks and spoilers about season 6 and the fact that it's 3 weeks earlier than it has been in previous years that it was like much earlier in January was like this is the first one that we've really come in where it's like nobody knows nothing. About nothing. Like yeah. like no one has any information and like not a single scrap of information about season six was to be had from anyone.
0: They were impressively tight-lipped. I mean... They were on lockdown. Yeah, I was yeah. like,
1: you have been drilled on your talking points. Like, there was... Like, even even in sort of, like, an abstract roundabout way, um, like, there was no... Just, like... I mean, even even Lola, you know, like, Lola could not be conned into no. giving up any scoop, you
0: know? And Shapurra, like, Lola was adorable. I mean, just, like, in general, Lola is lovely and adorable. But she was so nervous oh, about yeah. it. I think she was just, like... I like, know! She was, like, say Like, before she said anything, it's like, oh, my God, i i say this can i say this um <laughs> yeah yeah like, <laughs> am i gonna be the one that
1: like does the wrong thing and it's like no you're fine you're fine
0: <laughs> yeah no but i mean it, it was it was quite remarkable how how well they did talking around i mean like and the, and the audience cooperated really well i think like one one thing that makes unity Day so special i think is that you know the the sort of environment that um Maya and Liana have fostered over three years and that like really everybody who goes buys into is it's just like so respectful and positive and kind and like really very kind and thoughtful towards the the actors, I think. And so yeah. you know so like I think everybody, you know, all the fans were there everybody knows like we haven't been told everything you know anything. And we everybody knows like that that the actors aren't allowed to say anything. So there were very, very few like, vanishingly few questions that even got asked that, you know, would mm-hmm. have touched upon anything that could have been spoiled. You know, a couple people asked, like, you know, like, sort of general, like, okay, what's – can you give me, like, a word to describe something that that doesn't give any spoilers? But everyone was very respectful, you know, both – not only of, like, the fact that they – of, like, not asking for spoilers, but also very respectful of the actors, I think, like, comfort – and sort of difficult position, you know, and like I think most, most for the most part, people were very careful about not putting them in a position where they would have to be like, oh, I can't answer that, or like, you know, like I want to answer you, but I should, you know what I mean? Like everybody was really great about, yeah, asking more questions about season five, you know, going back to sort of talk about plot points or character points from season five, or or just asking sort of some some more general questions about about the actors themselves or their lives or their careers and stuff like that. So, um, so it does like, this is going to sound cheesy, but I think it's kind of true. It does kind of feel like it's, it's a cooperative effort. You know what I mean? Like not, not the, the actors not being put in a position where they or, or never, never letting any spoilers split, uh, spill or leak. Or, you know, accidentally saying anything. I think it's, like, a combination of they were being really, really good and really, really, you know, careful. But also, I think, like, the you know, the the fans who were there were really cooperating with them in that.
1: Yeah, and especially given that, like, that this batch of actors included, you know, several people who'd never done a con before. Yeah. I mean, it was Maddie's first con. It was Shannon's yeah. first – or Lola's first con. It was Shannon's first con. Um. And you know, and other actors who like don't do a lot of them or like get like nervous and anxious. You know, like like Paige was great, but like Paige was like, oh my gosh, like she, I, she, I think she had a lot of like nervous. Yeah, anxiety. she was also really anxious
0: about spoilers. Like she was really worried.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and and like – but like yeah, but I think the fact that you know, like like the people who come to Unity Days want like a particular kind of experience. So it's like mm-hmm. it's not about like purchasing access to a celeb it's like it, it's that feeling of like everybody being in the room and having fun together and like watching these people like you know like watching them get to like act like friends on stage mm-hmm. you know and and um and getting to like hear their thoughts on their creative process and mm-hmm. you know getting to hear things like hear from the props people mm-hmm. you know and like Panels of like fan, like fans and press, you know, like there's, there's just like things that make it really special that I feel like are about sort of creating that sense of like, um, camaraderie with the cast that's hard to get, you know, like, like at like a Rose City Comic Con or something like that, you know, where you're like, I'm in an arena of like 3000 people who are all here to, you know, see David Tennant or whatever. (laughs) I don't feel like I'm getting to know David Tennant any better from this experience. Whereas like, I think when you come to Unity Days and you co- go to those cast panels, like you do, like, you feel like you know such and better from yeah. like having that experience, like as a human person, yeah. you know? Um, so that's the thing that I love about it and, and that I will, you know, miss tremendously if they end up not continuing to do it. But also it's just been, you know, if we only got three of these, they were still three amazing wonderful experiences and this yes. year of course was extra fun for us because we got to hang out on stage with
0: the cast all <laughs>
1: day Sunday yes, yes which was like amazing 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 yeah we got to
0: be the moderators for Sunday um which was uh, and a wonderful experience. And we are so grateful to Liana and Maya for asking us to do it. Was it so much and for, fun. for trusting us with that, um, responsibility. Yeah.
1: It's like a big responsibility. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was really a blast. Um, just to get to kind of have those conversations with the cast and, um, and sort of just facilitate things for the fans. And, um, I was going to ask you, Claire, uh, what were your favorite moments from Unity Days? And it doesn't have to be, like, the day from Sunday, like, the day that we moderated. Um, it could be Saturday, yeah. too. Yeah. But, but it's okay if they're all from Sunday.
1: <laughs> Sunday was the
0: best day. <laughs> um,
1: it really was. We so, – so my – um so I have a, I have a couple, I have a couple of things. So, so my, my sort of like, like nerdiest, wonkiest favorite thing is, um, my, my theater major heart loved that we got to talk to the props people.
0: Yeah. That was so fun. Those guys are so, so fun cool, and cool, by the way. Like they are just like. They're amazing. Paxton and
1: Anthony are so delightful and they have, like, and their, and their story is so cool. Like they have, like, like Paxton got hired on the show, brought Anthony with him because Anthony was, like, his second in command. Like, like they worked together before. And like the thing, so the thing that I loved about it, this is why it's like, just like the sort of nerdy craft stuff that I really get off on. Like there are, there are things that we watching the show, that that sort of become embedded in your understanding of these characters as people that are actually choices that the props designers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the, like the two sort of biggest examples of this, both of which were Anthony are Anthony is the one who came up with the idea to have Clark at the season four finale. When we see her in the flash forward, um, that she's etched the names of like all of the dead onto her gun strap. Um, and, and so Anthony was the one who, like, he had that idea. He, like, he pitched it to Jason and Jason, like, didn't said yes to it. But, like, Anthony was the one who was, like, okay, so, like, you know, like, who's on this list? Mm-hmm. Like, like, what does it say about Clark that everybody in Matt Weather, you know, and, like, you know, Jake is on there, Wells is on there, Jasper's on there. You know, people that, like, she didn't even like or, or know or yeah. care about. People who were, like, enemies. So, like, like, all of this. So, that becomes part of how we understand, how Clark is processing this loss. And then the one that they got to talk about this time was the drawing.
0: Yes. And again, and like the thing that I didn't realize, like, I think we always, when we see stuff like that uh often in fandom, when we see stuff like the drawings, you know, in, in the show, we tend to attribute those kinds of, like we tend to attribute everything to quote unquote, the writers or Jason, you know, and, and, right. and so it's really, really instructive, it's like cool to. It's instructive and it's and it's really neat. I think on a couple of levels to find out. So in the case of the drawings, like literally, the, Anthony was just tasked with like Clark does. Like there's a bunch of Clark's drawings around, and he's the one. He sat down. He was the one who like he talked about. Like I just sat down and I was because like, we asked him like you know how did you how was it decided you know what who would be drawn or whatever. He's like well I just sat down and I thought to myself who is important to Clark. Whose faces would she want to remember? You know, like what moments, what moments from her past would she want to commemorate? Or like when she's telling Maddie these stories, what moments would she want to illustrate for Maddie?
1: Right. So, right. um,
0: so like the, the rocket, the drawing of the rocket taking off, that was like Anthony just be deciding like that's probably like, that's a moment that she would want to illustrate. And then also like the other really, really cool thing to me that is something like, cause I am not an artist, you know, like I don't, I don't draw or paint. Like I have, I'm, I just – I don't do it and I'm not good at it or whatever. So, so I don't think about these things in this way. So it's, like, extra cool for me because I'm just like, you're amazing. I never in a million years would have ever even <laughs> yeah. had the ability to conceive of that. Um But he was talking about when he drew when, – when he was, like, making the portraits that Clark made. He's, like – he talked about, like, uh, he deliberately, like – they are very deliberately not – not ex- perfect likenesses of the people that she's trying to Exactly, yes. Because she's- Because
1: they're not there. Yeah, because
0: she's doing it from memory. Um, after, like, who knows, like, some months or years have passed. And so they wouldn't be, you know, just like, just sort of realistically. Right. They would not, like, she would, she might- Things would shift. She would, uh, de-emphasize or emphasize features. And I was just like, that is so fucking brilliant. Like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> oh my God.
1: And you can, like, you can lay them, like, and once you know that, you can lay that side by side with like, like the drawing that she does of Lexa when Lexa's right there looks exactly like Alicia, like right. flawlessly like, like her because, because, and it's supposed to because she is drawing from life, like Lexa's face is right there. And, and the, and the, the sort of, yeah, the blurring around the edge of, Of the detail or like like some like little things that I noticed um like my like my cabbie heart is always like like you know like where are Kane and Abby in this story Like but like but so I you know so like when the first pictures of that of that room came out and everyone was like looking around like oh my gosh like who are you know like those are drawings the drawings of um and you know so like so she draws Abby wearing the ring and like and that's which like, which chronologically, like, like, in the actual time that she's drawing this, her mom doesn't wear that ring anymore. And she knows that. But that's like, that's the mom that she remembers. Yeah. Like that's the mom that she like came down to earth and built this new relationship with her as adults. And so like the Abby in the stories that she's telling Maddie would be that you know, but like season two and season three Abby. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so it makes us, like a deep emotional sense, even though it's not actually like quote unquote like accurate, right?
0: But it 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 fits with what would Clark be thinking and feeling, and what would she want to depict and capture. And so I think exactly. it's like it's like yeah. super cool on a bunch. Of like it's it's really I mean it's amazing to be reminded how unbelievably talented the people who make this show are, like on you know on so many levels that we don't even necessarily think about um it's also like a it was like a really really cool reminder of how collaborative tv is as yeah as a as a genre as a as a you know as a yeah. as a form of art that like uh, it, and it was sort of a, and i think like actually a really really instructive reminder f- you know for if you are when you are like analyzing television and and looking at things and thinking about attributing sort of planning or, or intent to certain decisions or to certain people within the kind of like large group of people who make a TV show, you know, it's important reminder that like the, the thing that you see on the screen is the result of decisions made by literally dozens of different people on different levels, um, with, with actually quite a lot of autonomy, far more autonomy than, than like everything that you see is not a decision, or a choice made by Jason or by the writers or by, like these aren't choices necessarily. Like we have, you know, like that is there because in the future it will be important for X reason. Sometimes it's there because like, like Anthony's got to do a bunch of props and all the instruction he gets is, uh, Oh, and, and Clark's, they decorate with Clark's drawings. And so he's got to sit there and be like, all right. So my job this week is to do a bunch of drawings that Clark would have done. What kind of things would Clark draw? And so, like even the somebody that you wouldn't think that that we kind of like be people outside of TV, like outside the industry, you know, we might be inclined to think like, well, the props guy doesn't isn't like a person who's like involved in storytelling, really, or like who has like who has to ha- has to operate from a deep understanding of the character or who or who shapes characters in various ways, and like that's not true, you know, like the the no. props people make decisions that shape shape decisions that the writers go on to make later, you know? So like this, this is, it's a collaborative genre. These, these things are sort of like coming together and fomenting. And a lot of it is just kind of like happenstance, you know, like. Yeah.
1: And yet it fleshes out the, like it, it gives us so much information like, I think the thing that I, that I loved about the, like, the drawings in particular, but like, the sort of craft stuff in, you know, across the board is it's like, like, those drawings give us so much information about the six years of Clark's life that we missed. Yeah. You know, and like it, you know, like, like, even like tiny things like, like what, like, like Anthony makes a decision that one of the drawings that Clark has on the wall is a drawing of Cain. And like, you know, and like, it's a very small relationship. They don't have like a huge, you know amounts of storylines together but they have these like occasional like intimate connective sort of familial moments and having that like knowing that like you know that hanging on that wall there's a picture of him you know like it sort of grounds you when you get you know like like when he comes out of the bunker you know in episode four and like gives her a hug and it's the only time he smiles all season (laughs) you know and then at the end like in the finale which we'll get to like that she like like, you know, she's in there, like, helping with surgery, and she and Bellamy are trying to figure out, like, how do we save Kane's life? Like, like, teeny tiny little touch points, but there's this whole emotional undercurrent that we know, like, this is a person who's important enough to her. There are stories that she'll, she told Maddie that this person is in, and she wanted to remember his face, yeah. you know? And, and- that's, a,
0: that's, that's a piece of the story, and it's a piece of who Clark is as a character, and that was created – that was a – you know, so those are, like, story and character decisions that were made by Anthony, you know, that were made – By Anthony, by- Exactly, him, his understanding of that character.
1: Yeah, like I just, I the 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 fact that I mean, like I think of all the characters, but like because it was the drawings and the gun belt that we talked about the most. It's like, like Anthony understands Clark Griffin so yeah. deeply, like on such a deep emotional level, in in a way that I think, um, like it's just it's 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 interesting and cool and and potentially surprising if you're a person who doesn't. Because like doesn't like work in this industry like like how intimately you have to know the emotional landscape of a character to like to build their home uh-huh. yeah you know like like to to build a set that we meet as a place where Clark and Maddie have been living alone for six years. Like, what does it look like? How is it laid out? What are the tchotchkes lying around? You know, like the drawings, but also like the decor. What was just there when they moved in? And what did they sort of like make themselves? So like that kind of stuff, I think is just, I think is really neat. And there's, you know, there's other props that have that sort of, same level of depth of, for other characters, like Paxton's, one of his favorites is like Raven's spacesuit from yeah. last season. You know, like she has to make a working spacesuit out of whatever she could rig up from this lab. So it has this kind of MacGyvered, you know, sort of, you know, aspect to it that's very Raven. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, so, so yeah, so that was, so the prop panel was one of my favorite moments. Um, I, I think my other one, and then I want to hear yours, but, um, so the, so in the first panel, our opening panel, which was, um, our, our only time alone with our four main, I mean, there's like, quote unquote, there's like main guests and then like bonus guests. So our four main guests were, um, Paige and Lindsay and Richard and Louisa. Um, Richard and Louisa, we've had on the podcast. Paige and Lindsay are coming on the podcast. So they're all people that we like, just adore um and and because so most of the panels the um the length of like how much time the moderators get to talk and ask questions versus the q a sort of determined by like actor contracts and so like for that one it was like the q a was was much shorter so we had more time to kind of ask our own questions and and so one of the sort of i think cool kind of bonus side effects to that of being able to sort of get into like, like, like a little sort of like mini meditation, like a little actual kind of back and forth discussion, um, as opposed to sort of like question A, question B, question C, was that we actually got a really, um, we got sort of the first real, I think, um, kind of unpacking from Paige's perspective of how she, sort of viewed Abby's storyline like the last couple cons that she did were before this season had started so she was talking in sort of very abstract terms about like you know it's a storyline that's super current it's very like relevant to the world that we live in now something that's kind of like pulled from like our current reality that was something that was like worth exploring um and so then when we were like oh okay it's like it's like it's talking about like opioid addiction um and so something that she had mentioned when she was talking to us was that like Um, like I knew coming into it that it was a storyline that she had suggested. Like when, well, then like the actors have a like, you know, pre-season kind of like meeting one on one. I don't know if everyone does, but a lot of them do like meeting with Jason and kind of talk about like, you know, like bounce around ideas for like the next season. And, and so she had said like, this is something that I really want to do. Like I want to, I want to kind of take a run at, at us exploring this story and, and the interesting sort of, um, kind of revelation about that that came out when we were talking to her on stage was that it's it comes from like personal experience like people that she knew you know have experienced this and so she was approaching it um from the point of view of somebody who has like observed this and so and like her kind of detail brain for like what does addiction look like you know like asking jason like okay so like these pills like are they uppers or are they downers (laughs) like what do they do what are their
0: side effects and jason's answer was they're sci-fi pills. They do whatever. They're sci-fi pills. I know. I was like, <laughs> like, oh my God. So so she I mean I'm not surprised, but also, oh my God.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so Paige is like, all right, I guess I'm on my own, you know, <laughs> making my own decisions. Um but um and you know, but what was what was interesting about it, just like like I, you know, like like I'm a playwright. Like I I I'm used to working with actors and I and and every there's and there's so many different like kinds of actors. You know, there's like there's like homework actors who like you know like take notes and do all this research and and they're like I have to like intellectually understand like every single aspect of like not just like my role in the story but like the whole story I'm gonna go like you know I'm gonna go like read 20 books about this playwright so I understand when I say the line how is your cat that I know exactly what I meant like you know (laughs) actors like that um and then there's actors who kind of just like sort of like show up and wing it and and don't think about it too hard necessarily and they're just sort of like everything's very natural. And then and then kind of how Paige was talking about how she approached it is she's sort of like that she's very like kind of like an emotional and intuitive actor. Uh-huh. So when I was sort of asking her like, you know, how did how did you like kind of construct the physicality of like like how addict Abby you know like moves and and her expressions and how she speaks and everything about kind of how she lives in her body is very different from sober abby um how did you sort of like you know kind of like math that out essentially and she kind of, and her answer was like she kind of didn't you yeah, know she sort of yeah. went to this deep deep place of like connecting with abby's pain and like tapping into that pain and letting that pain be real for her and then the rest of it kind of like just sort of, spread. yeah. So I, I think like about
0: like conscious choices that she made. It was just sort of like, yeah, by like putting she's herself just that good, yeah. Like she, like she, she immersed herself. So she's so so in that psychological space. Um, that, yeah, that the physicality kind of intuitively and naturally flowed, you know, flowed from that. Which is remarkable. Yeah. So like it,
1: you know? it feels realistic and yeah. organic because it's coming from that organic uh-huh. place. Yeah. So, so that was cool. Like I just, so just sort of getting to know and, you know, and over the course of, of three of these cons, we sort of learned a lot about like, you know, like, the, the cast members sort of all have very different styles. You know, like Bob and Ian and Mike Beach were like homework actors. Like in season three, they were like, we're going to sit down. We're going to game this out. We're going to figure out yeah. how like all of our motivations kind of like click together. So the, the you know, the three of us can like figure out how to like make this whole storyline work. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that the kind of work that Paige does, like, I think that's much more rare when it's like, like, I, maybe she, like, I don't even know. She could replicate that yeah. in different circumstances because yeah. it just sort of came out of that moment, you know? So that was just, so it was just sort of a cool thing to like learn about her, just like her craft as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, like, and when she comes on meditation, I'm excited to kind of dig into that like a little bit more, but also just like, like I, I've been waiting, you know, all season to sort of, you know, to get a chance to kind of hear from her perspective, like, you know, like why was this sort of a story that you chose and what did it mean to you? And so I was sort of excited that we got that. So I think those are my two. I think the the page stuff and then the props panel were probably my two favorite um highlights for me. What were yours?
0: Um I also love the props panel. I think my favorite my favorite story that we got from the props panel that was really like the other one was really fascinating to me it was a story about how the design of the chip of Ali's chip came yeah. about. Which apparently like that took yeah, that was yeah, like yeah. very fraught. And, like, there was, like, this long back of, like, there was, like, producers meetings with Paxton, who's the head of props, um, and Jason and, like, the other writers and whatever. They were talking about, like, all the stuff that they wanted it to be. And then he went back and he, like, made the thing that they asked for. And then they're, like, no, we hate this, not this, you know. And then he sent back. Like, they went back and forth. He, like, made – he made, like, a ton of different versions of the chip. And every single time, like, he would he would make what they asked for and then they'd be, like, no, 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 this isn't it. And finally – he was just like, screw it. I'm just going to decide. Like, and all these people had different, like, different ideas. Yeah. They're going back and forth. And he was just like... Fuck it, whatever. I'm just going to decide. Like, I think it should look like this, and I'm going to make a bottle of it. So he did it, and he brought it to Jason, and Jason was like, Yes, that. And that's the chip that we got. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And it was really funny. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, Is, Was that unusual? And Pax was like, No, honestly, he was like, That's just how I operate now. You know, like, I just, I just like go yeah. and I make it, you know, like, and most of the time, the thing that I just like, arb- what that I just like, you know, unilaterally, I'm like, here it is. They're like, perfect, you know, so, um, which is just, it was like hilarious, you know, it's like one of those things where like, it's it's a funny story and kind of a relatable story about like trying to like, Put together something. Overly
1: focus group something. Yeah,
0: like by you know, like making a you know, what is what is the whole thing is like a, a a camel is a horse made by committee or something like that. You know, so it's idea. Of like, yeah, yep,
1: yeah. The committee tries to put something <laughs> together. It's
0: never going to turn out. But with some one person is just sort of like, wouldn't it be cool if it looked like this? Then like, then it is. Um, so it was really funny. But it was also again like like very. I feel like very instructive. You know, just for me to be like, you know, just to kind of learn like how much creative freedom. Um, is afforded to a lot of the people involved in production, you know, so like the props guys, but also like the, you know, the set designers and stuff like that. Um, and also just sort of like how much of the, the sort of the world that has been built is really like a collective effort, you know, from a whole lot of different people yeah. sort of coming together and be, and, and contributing ideas and, and sort of, Bringing their perspective on the story that they're building into it. And, and, you know, and I can't remember, there was, there's a couple other, you know, instances he mentioned where, um, where a choice that they made, the writers saw and liked and picked up and then developed later. You know, so there's like things mm-hmm, that, there, mm-hmm. there are things that have had, that have been like written into the story later that only exist because of choices that the props people, you know, just like, we're like, whatever, we'll just like, we think like this would be kind of cool. Um, yeah. And, and it was like, it's just really neat. So I was just like, again, like as somebody who doesn't, who has like no direct experience whatsoever in like TV or movie making, who only has like kind of a very theoretical understanding of what it means that it's a, like a collective, the collective work of a lot of people. It was kind of co- cool to get these really concrete examples of like, no, really, like this is a collective effort, you know, like dozens mm-hmm, and dozens mm-hmm. of people, uh, of you know, this, this is a, this is a a thing built out of dozens of people's creative energies. And that doesn't, you know, and, and we kind of know that like in terms of, I think, you know, as viewers, as sort of ordinary viewers, we're, we're more familiar with the dynamic between like actors and writers where, you know, like where writers respond to actors capabilities and strengths and sort of, and will and story will shape around what they see from the actors, you know, what the actors do, what they bring to the words that they're given, you know, to the, to the, um to the scripts that they're given. Um, but it was cool to kind of see like that sort of creative give and take, kind of uh, stretches out through the whole production. Um, yeah. So yeah, and and also just the story of him being like, you know what, you guys don't know what you want, so I'm just gonna make what I want, and there it is. And then that turned out to be that yeah. was just kind of like very very <laughs> hilarious and satisfying.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I like I if you've ever been in in you know like. In a workplace situation where you have like 25 people sitting around a conference table arguing about something that you know, like any one person could just like just go do it and it'll be fine, you know? Like it was, it was really sort of like the triumph of like, like one artist versus like a focus group of like every single, like the art department and the, you know, and like props and set and whatever, you know? And he was just like, but like Paxton, like, you know, I think he's very he's a very humble guy so i think the part that he was downplaying is like like the amount of skill and trust yeah that a showrunner has to have in you to let you just be like yeah okay like so like you proved like he proved himself like he came up with this like design for the chip that we all love he was new that was, like, on his season audition. three
0: yeah that was he was new on season three so that was the sort of thing where where i think like jason the rest of the producers kind of like oh Okay, well, you just do what you want then. Like, we, we trust you. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah, so like, now- You have to micromanage.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So now he, like, that's why he and his team, like, he and Anthony get to do things like, have have total, you know, plot and emotional authority over who Clark was drawing in those past right. six years yeah. and how she processed her grief by carving names into the strap of this gun and, and things that have shaped- you know like for us the viewer also i'm sure for eliza um like who clark is yeah. now. you uh-huh. know and and so i think so i think you know they're and they're both just like you know like a part of me was just was sitting up there going like oh my god these are my people these are like <laughs> this is like every guy i went to theaters going yeah i just feel so at home
0: in the, like, my on husband's this best friend in the world is uh the technical director of a theater and like his his training like the the focus of his MFA is in set design and props design and so and also just like it like sort of I, I felt very like I don't really know that much about what you guys actually do but like I have a special place in my heart and also like a special kind of like admiration and awe for anybody who can just kind of like look at something and be like, yeah, I can reproduce that out of styrofoam, you know, or, or somebody who could be like, you may not (laughs) have to like conceive an entirely new thing that doesn't exist in the world and make it like completely organically fit in this world. Sure. No problem. I can do that in like a week, you know, because I'm just like, again, like I do not have that kind (laughs) of imagination. Like, you know, like, no, not not among my strengths. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, so it was just like really, really cool. And again, like, I think it's also really nice because like, it's a it's an aspect of the show that is really important, um, and really one of the one of the aspects of the show that is like consistently amazing. And like these guys are kind of like unsung heroes, you know. Like we don't talk about them totally. as being like yeah, and like a huge sort of shaping factor in the show. You know, we don't we don't accord them the same level of importance that we give to like the writers and the actors. And so it's just kind of cool to have a moment to be like like you guys are pretty freaking awesome. You know, like and what you do is awesome. Yeah, it's like, and it's amazing. And it takes a tremendous amount of skill and creativity. And, you know, imagination. And also it, in, in you know, it, it's really very important to the kind of core and the heart of the show and like shapes it in in ways that we don't always recognize. And so it was like, nice to have a moment of recognition for that.
1: Yeah, like, that's one of the kinds of conversations that I think makes Unity Days really special, getting yeah. a chance to, like, sit in the room with those people and be like, tell us what your job is like and, and like, help – like, like now we all – like, you feel like you understand the medium of television better yeah. than having been in that panel, which is, yeah. like, super awesome.
0: Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, oh, we also found out that when they brought props to Unity Days last year – or, uh, yeah, last year, um, it was apparently, oh, yeah. like – <laughs> they they should not have. They get. Trouble. They kind of got in trouble. Like that was not. That was not actually like legal. Um. They weren't supposed yeah. to do that, but they didn't know it until they'd done it. So then, oh well. So everybody who got to see the props room in 2018, that was an extra special thing that will literally never happen again because Warner Brothers was like, um, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and that's so it's something else. I, I that would not even have occurred to me. But then it was like, oh, of course. It's like Warner Brothers owns those props. Yeah. Like the yeah. the props. Like the. You know, like, which is the kind of thing which like, like, I'm a freelancer. I should know this. Like, work product that you create on a contract is proprietary to whoever hired you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Duh. You know? So, like, of course, like, they can't, you know, like, like, Anthony won't just give me a vase, (laughs) even though I I really want one. (laughs) You know? Because, like, it's all, it's all in some Warner Brothers, you know, set warehouse somewhere. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: they all I mean, just like, go sit by, It's like house. by production company. Yep. Um, so so that was really cool. And then the other the there was a panel, and I, I can't remember now if you were at this one or if this was the one that I did solo. But it was one of the panels. I think it was uh, Tati and I think it was the bonus guest panel so it was like Tati and Shannon and Chelsea
1: oh then I wasn't there yeah and
0: Tazia and uh, Jess was sick so she was not there um and oh god I feel like I'm missing someone I'm so sorry Erica. Erica, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, Erica Sarah. Erica who stole the show, Erica by the Sarah way. Erica <laughs> Sarah was one of my favorite things about Unity Days. She I'm held, in love with she her. She is, like, even more gorgeous in person, of course, because they all are. But, like, her her maybe even to a degree beyond the rest of them. And hilarious. She was so Oh, my funny. God.
1: She was so oh funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, she
0: stole the show. But they had this really, really lovely – like, it was actually – we had – it was, like, a pretty long – panel and you know it's like one of those things where like the, because they were the guests who were there every day they'd done a panel before the day before and so that one I think it was like a little bit looser because like you know it was like a, because it, everybody had sort of like talked to them yesterday and so it wasn't sort of right. like this is like the one panel or whatever and but there's a fan um there's a couple of of uh, questions they got in a row like there's one about sort of like about basically about being an artist like how did you I can't remember the exact question, but it was, like, something along the lines of, like, how did you sort of decide to pursue your passion um, or find the courage to pursue your passion, um, you know, and like, in a, in a difficult in, – and in, in, like, when your passion is not something that is ever guaranteed to work out. And it turned into this really, really lovely conversation among all of the actors on the stage, but, you know, not just, like, partly telling their own stories – um which were like fascinatingly kind of like coming to acting as like a craft and a calling and something that i think you know that was like very deeply important to all of them from very different places so like you know tati started acting when she was a kid she's been doing this like her whole life and whereas like Tasia, you know like she went to college and like worked in finance and was doing all these other things before she sort of realized like you know, she had wanted to be an actor and set it aside as being unrealistic and then like basically was like dying inside and decided I'm just gonna try to do this anyway and like pursued it. Um and and it was like this really lovely conversation that was it turned into something that wasn't just about like here's my sort of like backstory or my biography, but it was also it was also really very much about like a kind of reminder, like all these guys are like they're artists, you know? and they and they have yeah. like and they see themselves an artists as artists you know and 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 acting is something that they love to do not just because like it's fun to be on a TV show but because like it's really deeply like as a craft as as an art as as a way of life you know whatever it's like it's very deeply deeply important to all of them um and so like it, it kind of became this really beautiful and very, um, sort of illuminating conversation about, about why that is, you know, like, like why, yeah. why, you know, Tazi was like, felt like it was so important to her happiness to pursue this thing that wasn't super secure. And it's not about like, I want to be a TV star, you know, it's because like acting is a craft that like makes it possible to like, learn more about the world and about yourself and about emotion and it, like it's it like it really is about sort of like being in touch with um kind of what it is to be a human being and especially to be a, a being of emotion and of of um uh in, in like a bunch of like really kind of like in ways that are like really really sort of viscerally important to them and Shannon talked about you know Shannon who's also just lovely he's like such a such Such a lovely guy. Um, Oh, God, yeah. You know, sort of talked about, like, how acting was was important to him because, you know, like, growing up, he's, like – he grew up in South Africa as a place where he's, like, he's not quite white enough, you know, and he's not quite masculine enough. And he's not – he, like, he's always been sort of, like, not quite X enough for whatever world he was in or expectations of him, wherever he's ever – he's felt like he's never quite, like – like, so it was just always kind of felt like he didn't quite fit or he didn't, or he didn't feel quite like accepted or understood or whatever. And so, and acting is a way for him to explore being different kinds of people in a way that is just like, seems very, very profoundly sort of both meaningful and therapeutic to him. You know, it's like really like, so it's not just sort of like, I like to like, be on TV or like play this part. Yeah. It's like this is this is something that is like so incredibly meaningful to who he is as a person. Um and so that was like super cool just to kind of like oh, to I like get that. to like watch these guys have these like conversations that are really about their lives as artists and and the sort of like decisions and trade-offs that they've had to make to pursue this and and what what doing this this you know doing this craft of acting means to them and what it gives to them and why they feel like it's really important, you know? Um, And uh, there was another question. I think the same conversation, like that was like the most amazing Q and a, like at the end of it, I was just like, I feel like everyone in this, like everyone in this room, we've all been through some shit together. Like we are all like bonded, like, like, yeah. even the audience members who weren't talking, like, I don't even mean, if I don't know who you are, if you were in that <laughs> panel, like, we are all connected by this conversation. Because it was, like, so –
1: it got, like, uh, really – so unity days. I it love it. It got so
0: mm-hmm. deep. It got, like, really – like, genuinely really deep. Um, there was, like oh, – there was another that. question about – um, oh, I think there was, like, like, right after that, there was somebody asked a question about sort of, like, basically about, like, emotional boundaries. and It was kind of a follow-up question because, because of this sort of, like – the difficulty of acting where you have to sort of open up yourself, open yourself up to these emotions and take them in. And so it was a kind of a question about like, how do you deal with? Oh, and oh, I, yeah, that's, I remember how this went now. So one thing that, um, that, that I, they, a bunch of them talked about, and I think, uh, Chelsea said at first, that she said that one of the reasons why she sort of felt called to acting is that she's, she considers herself an empath. You know, so she's someone who, like, who absorbs the emotions of the people that she's around. Um, She's sort of constantly attuned to the emotions and the feelings of the people around her. And she takes them on and she experiences them in, like, a very real and visceral way. And there was this, like, really sweet, beautiful moment where, like, where Tati – and Shannon were both like oh my god me too like I'm totally I totally do that too like I'm an empath and they were all just like oh, you're an empath too oh my god you know so it's like this really sweet bonding moment where like they were learning things about each other that they didn't know like like oh like, they, had, like they were like genuinely like bonding as friends like in front of all of us which was oh. amazing um and so the follow-up question was basically like okay like you know like if for you guys who are empaths like I'm an empath too and it's like it's really hard you know it's really painful like how do you how do you protect yourself like how do you find like safe space for yourself and keep from getting overwhelmed. And so like, so then it was like the, the, you know, like that was just like this whole lovely thing about like Tati talking about like, I close my eyes and I sort of visualize like myself and like a safe, peaceful dome, you know, and you can imagine sort of just like, and then, um, you know, like Shannon had like a little bit of a different way to deal with that. And Ch- uh, Chelsea had a little bit of a different way, but like, they were all just kind of talking about like, basically, you know, like self care, um, as actors and as empaths, if you're somebody who's sort of like whose job and who's just sort of like mode of being a human in the world evolves, sort of absorbing all, a lot of emotion, um, and carrying it around, how do you sort of like care for yourself and protect yourself and, and, um, find release and peace for yourself? And so, and that also just kind of turned into like, in general, here are some like, ways to like emotionally care for yourself in difficult situations and it was just like it was so lovely it was like nothing you could have planned Ugh. or rehearsed i'm just sad I missed that i know it was it was like it was amazing and i i seriously i got to the end of it and i was just Ugh. like i feel so close to all of you like everyone on the stage oh, everyone in the audience like yeah like we we're all we we're all like, together this, in this
1: this is like what makes unity day special yeah like moments like yeah that.
0: exactly exactly that was great. Um, and then there was also, I think, in another panel, uh, Sachin and Tazia were there. And then later, uh, I think Tati and someone else came. Might have been Louisa. I can't remember. But like Sachin and, and Tazia were there. And I think there's there the other people who were supposed to be on that panel are kind of running late. Um, and um, and somebody asked a question about feminism. I think you were there for this one. Um, that was me yeah yeah that was my question that's right yeah. that's right so, and it turned into this like whole thing about like everyone should be a feminist and it was great um <laughs> and like tazia and Sachin getting like really worked up about feminism which was just like really beautiful to watch uh <laughs> yeah
1: Sachin. suchin is just like i like satchin is truly one of my world's favorite human men I, like he yeah, just like like, every time I see him in person, I love him more, and then I think, like, it can't be possible to love him more than I already love right? him, which is already so much. Yes. And then he always finds a new way, and I'm just like, God damn it, how are you doing this? Yes.
0: Like, <laughs> and also Louisa, same thing. I'm like, I oh my God. adore yes. that woman so much. She is, like, a, one of the best, most beautiful human beings inside and out I've ever encountered. And then every time I see her, I'm oh like, well, maybe it was just that one time, and I'm like, nope, nope, you are, nope. like... A glowing star.
1: <laughs> like, oh my God. So what so a Lu- my favorite Louisa story of the weekend, which actually didn't happen at the con, but we um we got to like hang out and um like have some like like actual friend time with Sachin and Louisa and like have brunch with them, which was super fun. And Louisa, I don't think she'll mind me telling this story. I won't like give away any like details, but so she left. She like she got a phone or she got a text or a phone call or something, and like got up and like left the table and went outside. And, and we were, and everyone was kind of like, like, is, we were like, is she okay? Like, what's going on? Um, and she came back and, and a friend of hers who she had kind of like, like come up with as an actor, um, when they were like, you know, just like scrappy young Canadians together, like auditioning and trying to get gigs had like, like gotten her like first big break and like and louisa yeah. was the first person that she called and louisa is telling us this. and louisa is sobbing yeah. she is like in tears because she's she's like she's so talented and she works so hard and she's just been like auditioning and auditioning and it wasn't happening and i kept telling her like you're so talented it's gonna come and you're gonna get that call and it's gonna change your life and then she got the call and i'm so proud of her and i was just like you are the best yeah.
0: Louisa is a person in the history who will weep literal tears of joy because her friend, yeah. g- because something got- great happened to yeah, you, right? Like that is the kind of person that Elisa de Oliveira is, and. She's just like the most pure and wonderful. Yes. So I adore her.
1: We were just standing at her. We were like, (laughs) how are you like, how how are you real? How do you like walk through the world as a human person with a heart that big and squishy? Like, she's just so. It's like, because like, that's like, that's like what you want out of like a supportive artist best friend in an industry that can often be so competitive that pits women against each other, that pits every actor up for the same role against each other. And the fact that like, you know, that like they have these, just like beautiful, sort of soul deep, creative friendships that are all about like mutual support. I was just like, oh my god, you're just like, you're just like such a good person. I know. <laughs> it was just like so lovely. I was like, you're a fucking angel, and I just like, like how do I, like how do we make her our new right, best friend? Exactly. Like how do we like
0: lock this down. <laughs> I want a Luisa in my corner always. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was those were some of my top moments, and then of course I think. Um, we, we had the actors play this game at our panels, which one like, turn to this whole thing (laughs) at the final one. Like, the one thing that I feel bad about in that whole experience is that, um, we, the final panel was running late because of, because, because second day, everything always runs late. Um, and then, and then our panel ran late because of this game, and I felt, like, I felt terrible about that because we really weren't supposed to run late, but we did. But, (laughs) so, um, so we, we played the game that, um... That Lola talked about when we had her on the podcast, that was her favorite thing to do in her acting classes back when she was taking acting classes, which was you sort of have like in one in one sort of jar bowl, you have lines and then another jar you have deliveries and you pick them out at random and then you you sort of have to like deliver that line with whatever that that delivery is that you had. And so we got took a bunch. We had like a one thing full of lines from the show and one thing full of various like weird deliveries like characters from the show or some of the other actors or like mickey mouse you know and so it's like a little icebreaker we had the actors play that game at the beginning of um the panels and like they all got like super into it like they were oh my god
1: they were so they into were so it. into like, it like backstage it
0: was like backstage they would be asking us, like, are we gonna play the game again like we're gonna play the game again, right? Like they were like super into it. Um, <laughs> like they were all nervous at first, and then they were like, "Oh, I want another crack at that." Um, yeah, and it was he- some of that, Like they were hilarious. Like some of them were just amazing. Um, Shannon had to like deliver this one line. I think like the the instruction was like, as a five year old in a musical, and he like sang it, and then did yes, this- that was that was one of my. Yes, I- and then like did this adorable yes. little jig, and I was just like, "This is magic!"
1: Oh my god, it was so cute. <laughs> I, so, like, some of my, my two, my two favorites, I think, were, so, okay, so, so, oh, my God, so, the whole, like, the first time we did it, the first panel, all four of them, it was, like, we could not have scripted, like, if we had custom-selected, like, pairings for each actor, we could not have done it better, because, like, we got, like, so, Richard had to do an alley, or he had to do his line as alley. Um, Paige had to do a cane line as Fran Dresser from <laughs> That's the right. Nanny. right. And she did the laugh. Which was, and that it was, was amazing. Yes. Oh my God. The laugh was, and that was one of my contributions. Like, I, I have to tell everyone. So I was like, this is like, we're talking about this like this was like a mutual undertaking, but this was totally Erin's idea, and she did like ninety percent of the work herself. I added like twelve things and helped her cut out strips of paper. So this is like like a total stroke of Erin genius that I like the I feel like I was just like lucky to even like like just to get to coexist in the world with your <laughs>
0: brain.
1: You have these ideas because it was so because it was amazing, and it was like and again it was one of those like like this is like. Like Unity Days is its own thing because like the cast comes here and they want to do stuff like this, you know. Like like once we like revealed to them like oh by the way at the final panel you're gonna be playing this game against each like competitively, then Sushin was like all right what are we doing? Like everyone was like so into it, but they were like oh my god. Oh and there was like oh Lindsay was Yo- oh so Lindsay was Yoda. Yeah, Lindsay had to do um, what and Yoda. like borrowed. She yeah, and like, then she borrowed to- Tasia's green coat. Yeah, yeah, Tazia
0: had this, like, green fuzzy sweater that she put on. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. I had to, like, I got Gollum. In the last panel, Claire and I each, yes. like, delivered one, just to be fair. And I had to, like, crawl on the ground as Gollum, which was pretty hilarious.
1: Yes, you were Gollum. And I was, I forget my line, but I was I share was from Clueless. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> and, uh and so the final panel was yeah it was like this sort of like head to head it was like one one actor they would they would each get a line and a delivery and then they'd get up and do it and then the audience based on like audience like applause uh, decided who won that match um, and then the final in the final thing we had them do them as teams and Lindsay and Paige were the team and I can't remember what they can you remember what their thing was? I don't I the, the end was
1: like total chaos it was just like a blur I have, like, yeah because yeah. it was
0: like you were like we were getting like the please stop signs and we're like ah, oh, we can't stop now um and uh but anyway so they so like page one in the end like she had been nervous about doing it at the beginning yeah. but like like she won like by a landslide she was like I'm she, gonna go out the first yeah, round and oh my God, fine she
1: crushed it she and they were yeah, so funny they
0: were so so funny like it was really hilarious um and it was super fun and and uh and I think like the actors had had a ton of fun in it, you know, with it. They're really enjoying it, and it's, I think the audience like also like was really into it. You know, like it was pretty, it was pretty entertaining. So
1: yeah, I think I. Like, everyone I talked to was like, oh my gosh, the game was so funny. Like, everyone who, like, was, like, posting articles of, like, highlights of the con, everyone was like, oh my God, the game was a kick. Like, the game was so funny. And, um, and so I was just excited that, like, that they all had fun, that they were all like, okay, like, if we do this again next year, we want to, like, play the game again. And, um, and that everyone who, like, started off, like, nervous or hesitant by the end of it was like, all right, like, we got this. Yes,
0: yes. (laughs) Um,
1: yeah. We, and and then, oh, and then, and then just like the, um, uh, I don't know if there's, I don't know if we posted a picture of it on our Twitter, but the, the prize was we we put so much time into this, guys. We um we hunted around all over Vancouver for prizes, and it was a pair of moose earmuffs that say Canada over the top that Erin stitched the tiara part of like a little kid's like glitter plastic tiara, like sewed yeah. that to the moose earmuffs. Yes. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And there's a picture, so if you were looking at the con pictures, and you were like, what is that weird thing that Paige and Lindsay are attempting to jointly wear on their head simultaneously? That is the conclave yes. <laughs> yes. crown that Erin made herself. Yes. It was amazing. So yeah, so that was <laughs> that, that and then the, um, the prank war update were, I think, the two comedy highlights of yes, the for yes. me.
0: Um, so yeah, so it was a good time, ta- good time was had by all. And, uh, it was wonderful. And if that's the last Unity days, then it was a great, great note to go out on. Um, totally. But, you know, more and more UD4 as the chant goes. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>